I Love Gay Palm Springs with John Taylor, comedian Shan Carr, and Gay Desert Guides, Brad Fur. So here we are. We're on the other side. It's episode 81 of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Our, our national nightmare is over, and now the national challenge begins. It's me, John Taylor, and comedian Shan Carr, and Brad Fur, your Gay Desert Guide. <sighs> Shall we all just go... <sighs> It is such a breath, such a relief. My shoulders, like, are not blocking my ears. Like, it's, I'm so happy and relieved. And I watched it. Um, I live streamed yesterday with uh, my best friend in Mexico and Charles Drabkin because I just couldn't cry by myself. I didn't want to be alone for it. We watched the whole thing from, like, 8 a.m. to 9.45 when I had to go to work. But amazing. I did the same thing with my neighbor, CJ. We had the camera set up and, and uh, yeah, we kind of zoomed it, um, you know, because we're in quarantine. Yeah, the tears that we were shed yesterday, my uncle called me, my 84-year-old uncle called and, from Michigan. And, you know, he's a liberal and he, he said, yeah, I just broke down and cried throughout the, the whole thing yesterday. And then that last night was unbelievable. I've never seen fireworks in the Capitol like that. And Tom Hanks from the Lincoln Memorial was yeah. over the top. It, it, those That brought tears to my eyes, too. We were on a Zoom call with a, with a group of friends watching that together. Um, and, and that, that was just such a, a nice coda to the day. I just absolutely loved it. And, oh, you know, man. I think the, the thing that's really going to stand out is Amanda Gorman, uh, yeah. the hill we climb when day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never ending shade? That's yeah. the opening line. And it's that, and, and everything that, that is said in there, those, those will be made into, little quotes we'll be thinking about that for the rest of our lives yeah and she's only 22 so we're gonna have like decades and decades of her uh artistry and wisdom to look forward to yeah and we've already you know implanted quotes what is is not necessarily justice right like there's already there's already stuff in our brainscape of a country she was spectacular so amazing and again as much as we all resent the hell out of zoom i love that each of us individually created a zoom because that was so powerful we didn't want to be alone with it i didn't want to we were all pulling our glasses off and cry we went through hankies it was so <laughs> fabulous so fabulous so Welcome to a fresh new country and a new day, guys. And a new show. What do we have coming up? We have our favorite Dr. Laura Rush and Jimmy Bogle, who I keep calling our security blanket, and they've got all the news. Uh, we have uh, owner, uh, co-owner of 849 and the upcoming 1501 Willie Rhine as part of the We Are Palm Springs campaign. We have Mel Mason from Decluttering Spaces and Joy Silver, our favorite local political activist. So lots of good fun today on the show. And who brings us this edition of the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, Mr. Brad Fur, Gay Desert Guide? I'm glad you asked. Our friends at uh, the Palm Springs Bureau of Tourism, the We Are Palm Springs campaign, and Willie today is going to be talking about that. Uh, 
that is the campaign where we are asking locals to support locals. And many of you who watch and listen to the podcast do live right here in Palm Springs. And if you will be visiting us once things uh, get to the point where you can visit safely, um, these are all the great uh, restaurants and stores and businesses that we want you to check out. You can uh, hit visitpalmsprings.com and look for the We Are Palm Springs campaign. Also brought to you by Tori Nissan, the creators of the great Tori Nissan Leaf, the 2020 all-electric Nissan Leaf. Brad, you've got to attend to uh, doggy duty over at the vets. And we understand totally as dog lovers. So we will uh, say bye-bye for a little while, but come back a little bit later on during the podcast with Willie Ryan from 849. Thank you. So we've gone from... Maga to Gaga. And uh, here yeah. we are. <laughs> Good opening line, Mr. Taylor. I love it. And love we it. are joined by Dr. Laura Rush and our good buddy, the uh, publisher, editor of Coachella Valley, independent at CV, independent.com. It's Jimmy Bogle. Hey, hey. how you feeling, everybody? Hey, oh, don't you love waking up to a morning with Joe Biden as president? It's I didn't even have to moments. wait until noon to love my country again. <laughs> first thought, the second my eyes opened, didn't, wasn't it your first thought? Oh, it's, it's, I'm so happy to not be triggered by the American flag or the color red now. Like I want an American flag now. Yeah, I used to fly one in my driveway. I have a big flagpole. For the past couple of years, it was just like, oh God, I was flying the California state flag and the pride flag. But, I, but you know, my whole family is military so, and we've always flown the American flag. Too. And it just always was sort of like, oh, it just, now I was starting to associate it with that other team i think so, i I, nice. I can speak for myself i think i started to get the the real relief when i saw the uh tribute to uh the the folks that have fallen due to covid uh yes. that all the flags out on the mall it was just and yeah and the lights along the reflecting pool it was uh, it was just enough and i was like that's pitch perfect yep. and this is the way i hope things go i i didn't feel any relief until quite frankly late yesterday afternoon because there's been so much chatter um that they were talking about about scary things that could happen yesterday at the state capitals in washington dc a lot of journalism groups had gotten advised that they should be diligent because there were threats against the media and i was so afraid yep because the last four years have fried me so much, especially the last year, that something bad was going to happen based on what we saw on January 6th. And I was so relieved yesterday when the inauguration was over, uh, the president was signing his executive orders, everyone else had gone home, and we didn't have anything really bad happen. That was when I was able to finally just, (sighs) because, you know, what we saw on January 6th was so out of the realm of bonkers, unbelievable that that it really kind of fried me a little bit so i'm I'm relieved all day they kept pounding in the next good thing and pounding in the next good thing and that young poet and then seriously the fireworks at the end of the evening were mind-blowing it was astonishing i think we were all having a bit of a butt pucker moment when they were both getting out of their car to run up to the white house i was like oh Please. <laughs> and then when he's running across the street, I'm like, who are you talking to? And it was Al, Al Roker. Roker. Yeah, I was Come like, on, oh, uh, uh, you're giving Al us all Chris Payne. 
At one point, a feather flew past uh, Biden while he was speaking, and I'll just seeing something moving near him, I had a little mini panic attack. I mean, it's just... Ah, I have a panic attack time. every time anybody sings the national anthem well, yeah. because it's such a hard song to sing. And Lady Gaga just knocked it out of the park. You killed it. She and J-Lo, J-Lo can sing live. I didn't know this. Oh, God, you brats. I just want every step of it, every part of it. And then, you know, the Bernie Sanders thing. Oh, oh. Oh my God, I saw him, I was telling you, I saw him walking down the stairs with that manila envelope. And it was the first thing I typed was, okay, I'm crying, the sight of Bernie shuffling down there. And then I couldn't put manila envelope because I couldn't figure out whether you're supposed to capitalize manila. You capitalize manila if it's the capital of the Philippines. If it's a piece of paper, it's manila with a small M. I come from New England, you know, and our long tradition is you have one good winter coat and you yes. wear it for all occasions. And so he looked like when he showed up at the at the inaugural, he looked like he was ready to shovel the driveway. And those mittens, oh my gosh, those mittens made from recycled old sweaters and like seriously plastic bottles i'm not kidding it's just uh, it was and, hilarious you know, they probably and, are and now all the memes run. no they, yeah they are they, there's actually we linked to a story in the daily digest about it someone has put together a history of these mittens i'm not oh, kidding really? they uh, are jen ellis repurposed wool mittens and the uh, Uniqlo J wool tapered pants cost $69.90 and the Burton Edgecombe uh, snowboarder jacket is $132. We have the <laughs> Steel Bernie's look? look meme up on the uh, screen. Now. How refreshing is it for us after a big event not to be talking about what the women were wearing, but what some old dude was wearing. That's, that's just beautiful to me. Okay, I still loved what all the women were wearing because it wasn't primary colors and it wasn't pastels, right? Yeah. It was right there in the middle of strong and diverse and all that stuff. I love guys in the long, long coats and stuff. I have to say that when I first moved here, after I'd been here for a few years, I started chucking this coat and chucking that coat and now I don't have a whole suitcase full of mittens and hats and stuff like that but I made a joke that you know after about 10 years everyone on my block we shared one big coat and I would <laughs> call them and go I'm going to Europe I need the coat could you bring me the coat it's my turn <laughs> that's yeah. very socialist yeah democratic socialist yes. oh, oh I'm so relieved yes we can all exhale not everyone come off through antidepressants all at once but you know, we could all exhale. And did you see the press conference, the the White House press briefing, where they ask questions and they get answers. And if they didn't have an answer, she said, "I'll I'll circle back with you tomorrow." And I'll like, what a reasonable answer. <laughs> it, it, it's almost professional. Who knew? <laughs> I know. Be presidential. But I'll tell you, I look at Jimmy Bogle and he's shaking his head. He's like, no, oh, yeah. No, no. I, I'm, I'm truly I'm truly heartened. And it, as I as I put in the digest yesterday, it is so good to have a president of the United States that doesn't consider me to be an enemy of the people. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm so happy that hopefully we will have a return to facts. That was the thing that was most disturbing to me among many disturbing things about the Trump presidency is that facts just went away. 
you yeah. could just make stuff up, you know, and it started with with literally day one of his administration when Sean Spicer stomped out there and said that this was the largest crowd ever at an inauguration and all that kind of stuff. And over the last four years, it's gotten so, you know, alternative facts, as Kellyanne Conway put it. And it's not a partisan thing. It isn't about what you think on the issues. It isn't about what, whether you're Democrat or Republican or whatever. The fact of the matter is this presidency stomped on facts and stomped on provable things. And I'm hoping we can get back to actually as a society being able to look at a picture and or look at something and know what the facts are and agree on the facts when they are that freaking obvious. And four years of gaslighting, I'd be glad to get rid of it. And decency, right? And respect and all of that. I don't know, I had a few people post on my page. I, I think I wrote something about, you know, counting the seconds until he's over the day before. And it brought a lot of ire from people I don't know who felt yeah. confident writing on my Facebook page that I was divisive and horrible. And like, I couldn't believe it even, <sighs> I hope it slows, please God, let it slow. I have one for the Broadway Queens. How about uh, the rent medley with Let the Sunshine In with all oh, the Broadway yeah. performers? I mean, Cheetah Rivera, Betty Buckley, and, you know, of course, the rest of, you know, the last 30 years of Broadway, but it was pretty awesome. Here comes the sun on the pier, and oh, it was just Be still my heart, John Bon Jovi. Well, they did a great job the whole day. I, and I was working all day, and I had my, my cell phone on, and I kept like tuning in as in between patients. And it was just, the whole day was just so nice. You know, dare I say magical because it was positive. Yeah. And, and day I, one, day one was pathway to citizen, citizenship, reverse Muslim ban, extend student loan pause, rejoin Paris agreement, 100 day masking challenge, no evictions, foreclosures, stop key, Keystone pipeline and border emergency, rejoin the WHO, stop federal executions and end mil, mil, military transgender ban. Day one. Erasing him in 12 hours. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, just, just, he's a distant memory now. And, it's, and we can move yes, and if we can talk about the other big news story, I'm yeah. so relieved that we actually have a federal government that's going to pay attention to the pandemic. It came out today that basically the Biden administrations that they were literally given no plan. Yep. Um, from the outgoing administration. And there was no plan. Exactly. That's why. That's why. And, you know, I'm a little cranky with people about how everyone is justifiably freaking out about the vaccine rollout, about how everyone's gnashing their teeth and yelling and screaming and, and getting upset. And we saw this coming with this administration giving no guidance to the states and counties. Right. We saw this coming. And, you know, we've never had a vaccination effort on this level. We've never had a pandemic on this level. People need to cool their jets about the vaccines. Help is coming. It might not be as fast as you want, but it's been only a month since the first sh shots got into arms. Right. We're hearing more and more positive news about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and the AstraZeneca. Uh, Dr. Fauci said the, a couple days ago that both of these could be authorized for emergency use next month. Help is coming. It's going to get better as long as this virus doesn't do something else stupid. Um, like, you know, we've got this now California unique variant, which may have been driving the cases recently, we learned yesterday. But help is coming. 
be patient, be calm, mask up, be safe. We're going to get through this and things are only going to get better from here because we have competent people in charge finally and finally and people it's not even a competency level it's people who actually care about trying to help which we did not have in the last administration what, what's the current number how many people have already been vaccinated how many millions of doses have already been given out at this point so uh, it's i haven't seen the problem is, is there's a lag in reporting so yes. like a lot of newspapers started trying to report and keep track and stuff like that and, and they've a lot of those abandoned them because they're not getting good information there are so many lags but i think we are over 10 million yeah, in terms of getting at least the first dose and you know Biden says um, that he wants to get 100 million um, shots into arms in the next 100 days. And actually, I think that's um, underly optimistic. I saw one figure that right now we're doing about 900,000 already. So wow. I'm hoping that we can blow that 300 million or 100 million number out of the water in the next. Last week we ha um, you were just about to get your second dose, uh, Dr. Rush. Um, how did how did that go? I I know you were a little under the weather, but. What I was did. It like? You know what? Um, as expected, about 50% of the people from my own reaching out and talking to my friends and colleagues who've been vaccinated, about 50% of us had a little bit of a reaction to the vaccine. My reaction came in about 19 hours and was by 24 hours, I was I was fine. It felt like a hangover, truthfully. I was at work, I was motoring along doing my thing and all of a sudden I was like, wow, I don't feel well. Well, if it, it felt was, like a hangover, then I'd never know the difference. Yeah, well, so a lot of people won't. <laughs> you could drink right through it. But you were saying that your your uh, the fact that you were feeling badly was a good sign that yes. your immune response was. It was as was expected. My body was mounting an immune response. It was like, hey, there's something foreign. We're going to have some inflammation now. We're going to create some antibodies. And I did. I had a headache. I had some body aches, some nausea. Um, I mean, it really felt like when you wake up the next morning and, and the alcohol wears off, you're like, oh, God, I feel like ass. And I came home and I slept for three or four hours with my big dog, took some ibuprofen, had some water, and I was like, okay, I'm good. The next day I felt a little tired, but I was fine. But my symptoms only lasted about six hours, and, and that was it. It was completely tolerable. Uh, some other colleagues of mine, they're like, I had some pain in my arm, and that was it. They had nothing. And that was with the Pfizer vaccine. So I've I've had colleagues that have gotten the Moderna vaccines that have had absolutely zero problems. So d nothing. So I was so reading far, that so they good. were that they they are going to pay um, their employees to uh, to get the uh, fat vaccine, uh, Trader Joe's and Aldi. Yep, a lot of places are. They're actually. Um, because some people are thinking nursing homes, some nursing homes are paying employees to get it. And there's actually been talk on the federal level of basically tying um, a stimulus or some other thing to paying people to get the vaccine because there's still about, you know, only about 58% of people out there say they for sure want to get it when it's first available. And so there's, you know, a 20% that isn't sure and a 20% at least that's saying, no, I don't want to get it. And they're hoping that maybe if you, you know, offered a, yeah, money on a $600 check or yeah. a $100 yeah. check. Money, money talks. You got to treat them like, you know, like with kids, I, you know, I'll take you for ice cream if you just go get your shot. And here's your gold star and yeah. your $1,000. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes a long way. But sometimes, sometimes explaining things to people too. I've talked a lot of people into getting it already that were afraid of it for what we've talked about. They didn't understand the technology. They didn't understand why it's okay. I'm like, look, I've had two. I haven't grown a third eye yet. 
you know, or a third that breast. we know of. So, <laughs> the third breast, though, now that you say it, why not? But <laughs> hey, guys, last comments, something you want to get in? No, just stay diligent. I mean, yes. we're seeing some hope that the local numbers may be getting a little better. Yes. A little better. That's the key word. A little bit of a plateau. Yeah, hospitalizations have been trending downward slightly, although they did go up um, two days ago from the numbers that were um, reported yesterday. And, you know, I've got, for, for so many months, I was sailing along where no one close to me um, had gotten it or was sick from it. Uh, yeah. Both my, my father and, and mother-in-law are dealing with it. They're doing okay. A good friend of mine is probably going to be going to the hospital today. He got the uh, the the antibody treatment um, yesterday, and they're seeing if that takes effect. One of my writers, an older gentleman, is in a rehab facility after getting it. So many people are getting it right now, and there's more and more evidence coming out that we've got this extra super duper spreadable type here in California now. And so now is the time we really need to buckle down and wear those masks. And, you know, I've, I've already lost one dear friend to this and I don't want to lose any more. Laura? Agreed. I, I think I, I had mentioned the other day I was losing on average about a patient a week to, to COVID. So for, for those who don't, who still don't think that this is a real thing or that it's only affecting so many people, a patient a week is a lot. And these are people that I cared for and took care of on a regular basis that have families and friends and children and grandchildren. So this is very real. It's still gonna be with us for a couple more months at this level. So please, just, you know, get, if you have the option to get the vaccine, be a Kaiser patient or not, please just go ahead and get the vaccine as soon as you can, get it taken care of and get it done. Um, until then, just still stay diligent. Help is on the way. It really is. If we just hold tight for a few more months, we will really be through the worst of this. Thank All right. Thank you so, you so much. much. You you want to get on the uh, mailing list for uh, CVIndependent.com's Daily Digest that's put together by Jimmy and his uh, staff at uh, CVIndependent.com. It's, uh, it's something I look forward to in my inbox. Thank you. I look forward to having it done. Thank you very much. <laughs> get to work. Bye. All right, guys. Have Bye. a good weekend. Be safe. Be safe, everyone. Hi, I'm Willie Ryan. I'm the co-owner of 849 Restaurant and Lounge, and we're standing in our lounge at the moment. 849 opened, uh, we just celebrated five years, uh, our fifth anniversary. So we opened in 2015. We've uh, become extremely popular. My name is Jose Cruz, and I'm a server, and also I help the front desk. So now is the time that you can support us with like a little bit of bigger tip for us, for the server assistance, for the front desk. And you know how 849 treat the people. Like we really treat the people really good, like local, no local, like we treat everyone the same, like if everyone is a VIP here. The best way to support restaurants in Palm Springs at this time is to uh, order curbside. Here at 849, we're actually offering a discount if you do that. Uh, all of the money goes to the restaurant and the restaurant staff. Purchasing gift cards. Uh, gift cards is something that you definitely can use once this is all over. Um, so purchasing the gift cards, keeping them for a later date is the perfect way to help support local restaurants. 
We are Palm Springs. We welcome Willie Ryan maskless now and to the uh, I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Good morning, Willie. Good morning. I'm sitting in so, my office, so I'm all alone. <laughs> it's okay. We're in our offices. We're mask-free as well, so it's yeah. it's good. It's just that we're so used to seeing you at 849 with a mask uh, during this during this pandemic. But, you know, uh, we are really working hard to, to make sure that locals support local businesses. And from the get-go, 849 has been lauded for doing everything right from the time you had outdoor dining till when that wasn't allowed and now we're doing the carry out. So a combination of you know food quality, but certainly making sure that um, everybody feels safe. I had friends that were going there every week, had a standing reservation every week because they felt so safe at your outdoor dining. Um, what's been the, the secret to, to the success of 849 during the pandemic? Um, I'm not sure if it's a secret. Everyone that knows me knows that I have been involved in the community for the last 20 something years since I've been here uh, in one way or another. I think that's the secret to success. You've, you've got to be involved in the community. You've got to give back. And at times like this, uh, I know who my friends are and I have thousands. So it's, 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 a, it's definitely, you know, it, it's, it, it's a circle. Somebody talked about a circle the other day. It just keeps going around and around. Um, we take care of you and you take care of us. So. I know you're yeah, not you're out shooting your own horn, but I want to say that of the five times I've eaten out in public, two of them have been at 849 with great ease and, you know, some of my favorite dishes. But also, I know a family with special needs kids who was getting their meals from 849, right, in that through the schools, through you, through the city, and unbelievable what what you were providing to this family i mean i don't even and even they weren't sure that the parent needed the food and you were like damn it we are sending you a meal as well and your heart reaches so broadly across this community everyone knows it everyone feels it we're so grateful to have you in the circle well thank you thank you Again, it, as I said, it's it's so important for me. I've I've always I've always I've not really been in a financial position to write checks, but I look for opportunities where we can give back to the community and where we can make a difference. And as soon as this pandemic hit, I, I we were one of the first people to start feeding the frontline work workers to say thank you to them. Uh, we started a campaign called uh, Good Deed Friday, and I really thought that it was just going to be maybe once once a week. That turned into deliveries four times a week, all throughout the entire valley, again, because the community jumped in and helped us do that. We didn't make any money on the project, but it was a project, it was a it was a way that we could give back to the community and the community we could feel part of also. So it, it, that was a, an, an amazing program. We, we stopped that as things were getting better. Um, but we, every, every Monday we take uh, 30 meals out to Eisenhower Medical uh, COVID Center, the team is testing. We've been doing that for months now and I, I get to deliver that every Monday and I get to thank them and they thank me. And it's, it's a nice way to start my week. 
Willie, who taught you this this set of values or who inspired you with these kinds of values? Wow, I, I don't I don't know. I, I again I love to see other people's examples of giving. Um, I, and I, I try to do, as I said, I try to do whatever we can. I, I see people that write checks. I, I can't necessarily do that all the time, but there's certainly other ways that we can give back. So uh, by watching other people, there, again, I, we, we, we live in a, an amazing community with so, with so many people that have such huge hearts. I'm, I'm just one of many. Well, and I believe that philanthropy goes far beyond the dollar bill. Yeah. And we've seen a hundred examples of that in this situation. So we thank you and so Willie, much. We've also got you know, another restaurant. Go ahead. Yeah, and yeah, you've got a new restaurant coming up, the uh, the gastro pub. Is it fifteen oh one gastro pub? Is that correct? Fifteen oh one uptown gastro pub is the full name, but we're going to refer to it as fifteen oh one. Make it really simple. Super. Well, we're excited. I can't wait to order something new off your menu. We love that you're part of the We Are Palm Springs campaign, and we're really glad to have you with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's a great campaign. Again, we gave our staff um, Christmas presents this year because we weren't able to celebrate with our annual holiday party. And we, I hit the streets. John and I both hit the streets and went downtown and purchased as many gift cards or as many things from local stores as we could. Again, talk about that circle. It's keeping, keeping it here in our valley. It's important right now. Thank you so much, Willie, for being with us on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Willie. Thank you. International best-selling author Mel Mason is known as the clutter expert. And as a sexual abuse survivor, she grew up depressed, suicidal, and surrounded by clutter. What she realized after coming back from the brink of despair and getting through her own chaos was that the outside is just a mirror of the inside. And if you only address the outside without changing the inside, the clutter keeps coming back. So with all of her insight and lots of really cool things on the horizon for her, please welcome Mel Mason. Hey. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you. You know, Mel, you are the only other token set of ovaries that I see at a lot of DBA mixers. And, and you know, you're part of the chamber. You are one of those women who, like me, likes to bridge the whole community instead of being in the subsection of the subsection of the subsection of lesbians who only part their hair on the right. Right. Yes. Yes. I love that I'm the token ovaries. I love that phrase. I know. We are though, pretty much. <laughs> Never thought of it like that. I'm a token over. Well, not to not to put it in a like a battle of the sexes kind of uh, situation, but is is more clutter more prevalent among uh, lesbians or gays, gay guys? I don't think that you could actually tell because men don't ask for help as much as women do. That's the difference. Is that it's skewed because women ask for more help than men do, but. Help. <laughs> well, I want to jump. Right uh, but actually, when it comes to gay men versus lesbians, I think in my work, it's been more gay men that have more clutter. We're collectors of things. Well, and they have more things. <laughs> right. Right. So anyway, you have done this business for how many years? 
God, I'm celebrating my eight, I think eighth, eighth, eighth year. I started in January 2014. So yeah, amazing. Yeah. And this you have something kind year. of special on the on the burner now. You are doing a brand new television show with She TV. Can you tell us about She TV and who you will be with She TV? Yeah, the irony is, is that I don't own a TV, nor do I watch TV. So for the fact that I am going to have my own TV show is absolutely hilarious. I'm just like, where the hell did this come from? Um, but I was approached by uh, the producer, creative director for She TV, which is through, now I don't understand all this, but it's through Simul, S-I-M-U-L TV on Roku. And then on Amazon Fire Stick, it's under I, like the iPhone, She TV iSheTV somehow is how you find it there. I'm not sure of all the details yet. I'm looking to start recording probably February. We're going to start in January, but with all the other things that I had going on on my plate with my one-day show and my five-day challenge coming up next week, there just wasn't time to record. All right. So what's, what is the show going to consist of? What's your, what's your elevator pitch? Uh, so basically, it's all brand new to me. The hilarious thing is it's just going to be a talk show where I'm interviewing two experts, two people, creative thought leaders, you know, entrepreneurs, whatever, but always tying it back to clutter because clutter, when people hear the word clutter, they think of the physical stuff. But it's not the physical stuff. It's all the inner clutter that causes the external manifestations. And for some people, it's physical clutter. Other people, it's drug addiction. Other people, it's excess weight. And some of us are lucky enough to have all three. Oh, oh lovely. <laughs> the bane of my existence is paper. I have two things that are, that are awful to me, paper and no. cloth. No, and cords. Oh, cords. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of cords, but I can't get away from that because everything's plugged in. But yeah, paper and and cloth. Is there any little easy fix hints that you can give people as like an actionable thing that they could? I think she's start? trying to say therapy is the answer. Yes, but aside from like no. years of therapy, is there any like little action we could take? Right. It's actually, I, love, I love papers like the biggest nemesis for people but the greatest thing about paper is when you go and gather all the pieces off a surface like you take say you take your desk and okay, you're just going to grab all the paper everything all the paper and get it into one pile Do you know how much space you create just by getting all the paper into one pile it I, just takes up so much space so with paper you, you want to gather it, take one small area that you're going to work on, whether it be your desk or a nightstand or your coffee table or whatever, and just gather all the paper from that one area into a stack. Then from having the stack, look at each item and just decide, okay, do I need to keep this or can I let it go? If it's keep, it just sits, goes in its own keep pile. And if it's let it go, it's do I have to shred it or can I just recycle it or do I have to toss it or whatever because it's a sticky note or something. And you just go through the pile until you get all the way through the pile and then you have what you're keeping and then you've gotten rid of a bunch and without even knowing it, you've gotten rid of 30 to 60% of the paper without trying just because you looked at it. All so right. Face it, 
face your paper. Right, yes. but the tendency that people have is they actually will take all the paper they've accumulated, they've gathered from their desk or whatever, and then start sorting it out into the categories, auto insurance for the house, for this, they'll sort first. Well, you're doing extra work, you're putting the cart before the horse because you wanna remove what you don't need before you sort. Okay. So you do the decluttering process first, then it's like, okay, this is what I'm keeping. Now I can quickly sort these into piles and then put them in their correct folders or make the folders for them and go from there. All right. Well, that is an excellent tip. Thank you so much. I'm going to have to shovel the paper into a pile. Shan's seen my desk. <laughs> well, one other tip to that is never do more than like an, a half inch to an inch stack of paper at a time and grab it and walk away because it, paper is what becomes overwhelming and tedious. So just grab a stack and walk away. Go sit on the sofa. And when you're watching your Netflix binge, just, you know, just... <laughs> It's quick. Do I need to keep this? Do I don't? Do I keep it? Do I don't? Boom, 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 boom. And then before you know it, you've shrunk it by 30 to 60 percent. So I have to tell you, I've been doing this technique with myself lately that is one minute of the whatever that I don't want to have to try to manage, whether it's the crazy hoarder room or the desk or whatever. And I've been telling myself one minute, only one minute. And most times I will do more than one minute. But one minute is check. I did the one minute, yep. right? So I've been for the last okay. week, put myself on this game of my own of the one minute. And at least it's, I can put an X on my list of accomplishment after one minute of going through that stack. Absolutely. And the psychological clutter, you're kind of on your own to fix that. You know, you need, maybe you need more help than, than just uh, the clutter expert. You may need a support group or a, or a therapist, but that's a very good little action to, to take. And, what's, and how, how do people find you on the web? Uh, do you have a website that people can go to? Uh, yeah, I mean, really the best thing is you get, uh, you go to my website, declutteringspaces.com, or if you want access to the full PDF version of my new book, Freedom from Clutter, just go to freedomfromclutter.net and just put your name and email address in and you'll get the whole book and the PDF download. How much is it? The book itself, if you were to buy the book, I think the PDF is $9.99. If you bought the book, it was $13.99. But if you put your name and email address and you get the whole I PDF. like the idea of a PDF. That means no, no, no paper. Book, no clutter. <laughs> yeah, you. that was the hardest thing about writing a book was knowing that it was going to wind up being clutter in someone's yeah. house. I don't even like giving I don't even like giving business cards and I've never had a trifold brochure. Oh, that's fabulous. All right, honey, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Mel Mason, Decluttering Spaces. See you soon. Next, we have Joyce Silver, who ran for the California Senate in 2018 and 2020. She currently serves as a Southern California Regional Director of Affordable Housing for a nonprofit. Her career includes over 40 years in affordable housing development, women's reproductive health care, mental health services, and senior care. She was the CEO and visionary for the world's first LGBTQ senior community, before we used to add the Q, um, that was inclusive of um, assisted living, which is such an amazing vision. A lifelong activist and advocate for the causes of social and environmental justice, Joy is the original organizer for the Courageous Resistance and Indivisible 36. Cool, welcome, Joy. Thank you, thanks for having me today. It's great to see everybody. We talked a little earlier about uh, our feelings after, you know, the inauguration and, and the peaceful transfer of power. Um, what were your feelings as a political activist and a boots on the ground organizer? 
it wouldn't, it would be uh, uh, remiss of me to say uh, it, it would be remiss if I didn't say I was overjoyed. And really, you know? yeah, I was overjoyed and and almost overwhelmed by the feelings. I, I'll tell you what happened. I woke up, I was having these feelings, and I didn't recognize them. And I said to myself, "What is this feeling?" And then I realized, "Oh, it's happiness." <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was like have energized happiness. Well, I guess it's more elate. And then it moved into elation, you know. And so those are some of the feelings I had. And it, and it was really hopeful because I think it, the, the whole process of the inauguration activities was to wash away what we saw happen on January 6th. I think and the really theme well. of light, right, through all of the actions, all of the acts, the theme of light was undeniable and helpful and inspirational. But... Before we get too lost in the goodness, I know you wanted to say a little something about the failed coup. Ah, uh, yeah, the attempt to coup. So I, I find that um, it, it's almost like the barbarians were at the walls, barbarians yeah. were at the doors. And so, and, and it really brought back like vandalizing and the vandals and this kind of a historical background for this kind of thing. And uh, people being misled by the big lie, which then um, President Biden actually is, you know, repeating and talking about how do you discern uh, between the lies and the truth. And I thought what was really great in the whole inaugural speech dealing with that and the attempted coup was that he didn't blame anybody for lying. He just talked about, you know, defending the truth. And I think that was very, very, uh, a wonderful way to phrase that. So that's kind of how I was feeling about the attempted coup. I mean, it was a horrible thing to watch, but I think we've seen it historically, but not necessarily here in the United States. I think it was a nail in the coffin. It brought even some Republicans who couldn't unclench over to some clear message, some understanding. So putting all of that behind us, I don't ever want to have to say the T word again, if at all possible. Uh, talk to us about some of your hope for the future. Well, my hope for the future um, sits in what's happening across the board. And, and if I can talk about this for a minute, um, just seeing for me, um, my candidate was actually Kamala Harris for president. So seeing her win that seat for vice president and, and that great moment where she is um, uh, administering the oath of office to uh, Warnock, Padilla, and Ossoff, this is this is a tremendous thing. And I, it, although I mean, I love the whole thing, but that moment meant a lot because in that moment, you see all of this diversity and this hard work of all of the things that we put our energy into actually occurring. So I, I have a lot of hope for the future in that we're moving forward. Those 17 um, executive orders, including climate crisis change. I mean, this is just an amazing moment in our time period. It's like out of the ashes, we rise, you know? Well, and the people yes. brought into the cabinet and the LGBTQ presence all across the country now, even lesbians and trans people, you know, usually LGBTQ means gay guys. Right. But this is real. There is diversity. Yeah. There's I put, a a, I put out a quick newsletter yesterday where I took all of the victory funds list of all the LGBTQ nominees and appointees. And we put them all into one newsletter and sent that out. And then we posted it also on social media. The list is breathtaking. It's such a change from what we've seen. Yeah, I, I, I did want to um, talk about uh, lesbians in politics for a minute because there are, there are a couple of lesbians that we, we need to keep our eye on. 
Um, and I think, um, and, and not that Kamala is lesbian, okay, but she does bring the force of women with credibility to the table in a way that's never happened before. So, you know, the, the, thousand, the sound of a thousand pieces of glass is shattering, I think helps lesbians in a lot of way, in a lot of ways. One of them, of course, is our hero or heroine or our shero, Tammy Baldwin who consistently wins her elections there in Wisconsin as the Democrat. And she is extremely progressive. In, in fact, she was one of the people who opposed the Iraq war. So I think we have to keep our eye certainly on her. But I bring in Kamala because she has that background of um, criminal justice, you know, having been the AG of California. I think that's an important piece. And there's two particular lesbians with a similar background. One had been the former police chief of Tampa. That's Jane um, Jane Castor, she's a white woman and she was the chief of police there and she's a Democrat. She had been a Republican and changed her party because it didn't fit anymore. And then she became mayor of Tampa. And that's not an easy place to be mayor of, particularly if you're a lesbian. Okay, so there's that. And then, of course, there's the amazing uh, mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Oh my God. Right? That is not an easy job she's dealing with there. And she is the first open lesbian African American woman ever to win that seat. And she had been the president of the Chicago Police Board. So, with um, Lori Lightfoot and Jane Castor and Kamala Harris, are we indeed going to get social justice and are we going to get reform, police reform? And will there be some national way? to actually ascertain what's going to happen inside these um, particular law enforcement agencies. So I find that extremely exciting that we have that opportunity in these ways. Uh -huh. I can't help myself. I do want to say that it was heartbreaking to me that Sotomayor mispronounced Kamala's name yesterday, and I couldn't get past it because I have one of those names that is constantly mispronounced. And her, the first half of her name is like the word comma. Right? So Kamala is her name and Sotomayor called her Kamala. And if you're, and I'm sure Sotomayor's name gets mispronounced all the time. So let's all get a handle on Kamala. I've been so practicing Kamala. I have right? been. I remember I you bit my head off one day for mispronouncing it, Shan. Yeah, I mean, let's just get it. Now that she's the vice president, it's not so hard. We can figure it out. Well, I think anybody who's watched Randy Rainbow should know that Kamala, Kamala, I mean, if you what? haven't Randy <laughs> Rainbow's parody right. uh, to the tune of Camelot, you know, we should have that imprinted in our That's mind. a good one. That's Joy, really you were talking one. about when she was swearing in uh, the, the uh, newly minted uh, uh, you know, Georgia runoff senators yesterday, and she also uh, installed the senator that that took her place in California, Padilla. But she had such a sense of humor about it. She was like, "Wow, that was weird," and she laughed. Wait, and you know when she, you know when that part happened, John? I mean, that was like when she had to resign and she had to talk about that position that was uh, left open and she had said, and because of the Senator Harris leaving and then she had, and then she laughed. I mean, I don't think we've seen a personality like this before. Joyful. Right, right. They called her, she was calling, they called her the joyful warrior. And I think we can really see that because she's accessible, but boy, you don't want to get on her bad side either. Right. Is there a place that is there a place people can can go to to uh, to find out about what you're doing and and get get involved because I think it's you know we're not done yet we've we've got uh, you know Democrats in in office but I think we have to keep the pressure on where should folks go to find out where they might fit in in the in the equation and, well you and, can you can find us uh, well you can find me on a couple of places one is joysilverforcalifornia.com you can find me there I'm all I've also started 
writing for Medium, which is a which is a um, you know kind of an aggregate uh, pieces of political opinions, and I've just started that. And of course, you can always find me on Facebook, Courageous Resistance. So we're going to have to change your name to Overjoy. Overjoyed, yeah, right, right, exactly. Do we? How much time do we have? Because I wanted to talk a little bit about the joyfulness of California right now, because so many Californians have made it. Can I quickly get that in? Do you think a little quickie? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're, uh, California, of course, with Padilla and certainly with Kamala Harris, is these are these are really big moments for us. But I do want to mention that Tony Atkins who is the Senator Tony Atkins for California. She's the Senate pro tem leader. And we have to remember, she started from all the way from city council. And I think we're gonna see possibly, I think, and she's a lesbian and she's very out. And I think we may see a, gov a gubernatorial run for California sometime with her. Oh. And that would be really incredible. And but and I wanna make one more point, And that is the, the lesbian that I'm watching very closely is Corrine Jean-Pierre, who worked with Move On, who is now the chief of staff for the vice president, and that yes. is unheard of. You know, she was a political pundit. Some people have seen her on MSNBC, but I think we have to really watch her because that woman is going to make some really big changes in our system. In a good way. In a good way, we watch her. Yeah. 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 All right. We got our eyes on the lesbians. Thank you for giving us the sight, the insight. Know who to look for. We always love having you on. Thank you so Thank you. much. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you, you, Joy. Everybody. Appreciate it. Well, let's take a look at what's happening this weekend in I Love Gay Palm Springs. Our weekend blog is on gaydesertguide.com. It's also part of our newsletter. We'd like you to subscribe each and every week at gaydesertguide.com. Just look for the little icon at the top or a little pop-up will be on your screen inviting you to put in your name and email address so that we can stay in touch with you. Well, Alexander uh, Rodriguez is coming back to help us with our fun and games department. We're doing a bears and bow ties virtual speed dating event this Sunday. It's an early afternoon, one o'clock. Bears, cubs, otters, pandas, wolves, and even salmon are invited to put on your best bow tie. And it's a special brunch edition of speed dating. We'll have some specials, uh, special offers with a discount code in our newsletter today. Last weekend, I happened to catch Vinny the uh, Vinny DePonto, who was the mentalist who was on with us uh, on the podcast last week. Yes. Desert Performs is doing this. It was so much fun. It, it, it harkened back to the turn of the century. Um, and he was amazing. The, I, I think, I think the Penn and Teller fool me. I think he's, he's destined for greatness on Penn and Teller. So cool. It was really a good show and tickets are still available through this Sunday. Um, our Brothers of the Desert doing For Our Own Protection, Black Queer Communities and Healing, a discussion happening this Saturday. Yeah, a couple days ago, I uh, was on with the LGBT Community Center of the Desert um, and Info A Go Go, which we normally do in person. We have a chance to share uh, information about the various not-for-profits and the organizations like Gay Desert Guide that helps guide, show people around and what to do. That's going virtual this year on Tuesday and Wednesday, the 26th and 27th of January. Starts at 1 p.m. You can register at the centercv.org or, of course, go to Gay Desert Guide to our comprehensive events calendar, and we'll have the link there for you as well. And then you can learn about all these uh, great events coming up. There's a lot of people that have moved to the desert during the pandemic. 
that yeah. I'm becoming aware of through the various Facebook groups. And for anybody yeah. that is new yeah. to the desert and and wants to find out what's what, the Info Go Go is fantastic. Sure. It's better in person, no but fun and games events coming up. Shan, you've got the gossipy potluck and recipe swap. What's your what's your recipe, Shan? Or or, or is it a secret until I'm revealed that it. day? I'm filming it today. It is uh, my own Middle Eastern uh, invention of um, a cabbage and tahini slaw that I have been addicted to over keto. And then actually we have Patrick Evans is going to come on and cook a little recipe in our recipe swap. And um, Charles Grab Drabkin just uh, posted on the Facebook page a charred radicchio salad, which sounds amazing. And uh, it's it's pronounced uh, Kamala. No, no, I mean radicchio. Don't they say radicchio? Yeah, it is radicchio. You're right. Radicchio. Um, and, you know, Patrick Evans, um, his uh, family sausage recipe is Fulvio Foods. That's the name of his company. And you it can was get served, it at uh, you get it at Lulu. It's in the it's in the sauce. And it was at Purple Room as well. And I know it's also available at a couple of the stores. I believe Jensen's might carry it, but I would have to check on that. We'll have to ask Patrick when he's on with us um, to promote this little fun event on January 31st, part of the Fun and Games Department at uh, Gay Desert Guide. The inaugural weekend uh, Fun and Games Night with oh, Sham yeah. last Friday. What oh. a freaking hoot. I loved it. It was I so fun. A ton of my friends, and you know, they would say to my face that they didn't have fun if they didn't have fun. <laughs> yes. So it was a really good time. A bunch of my friends wrote that same sort of thing, like the inauguration. Like it was so yeah. nice to share laughter with you. So and we learned a lot about cheese. Do uh, check out the fun and games department of Gay Desert Guide. Hey, this week we had some fun. Uh, Jeff Deneen Jones is doing a wonderful job with our social media. Man Crush Monday this week was Raphael Warnock. And Woman Crush Wednesday, did you see who it was? Yes. Lady Liberty. Kind yeah. of a salute. We work between locals and national figures, especially during this time. We've featured Kamala Harris. Kamala. And, uh, Kamala and others. It's pronounced radicchio. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Many other events, including all the uh, virtual events at the LGBTQ Center, all at gaydesertguide.com and our comprehensive events calendar. And you can also download our PDF of all the events that we know about that are still on the calendar for the rest of this year. Well, we've started off a, a new uh, a new page, a new a new era as we move into the the roaring twenties with uh, a new administration, a new show, and uh, new hope. And that's a cool thing that we wake up with hope every morning. We have always loved you, but now especially we love you, Gay Palm Springs. For info on this week's topics, go to GayDesertGuide.com and join the Oasis Insiders Club. Each week, you'll get the Gay Desert Guide This Week in I Love Gay Palm Springs newsletter with news, community events, and hot deals. I Love Gay Palm Springs with John Taylor, Shan Carr, and Brad Furr. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Listen on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get podcasts.